most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Gospel from Luke chapter 6. These words of Jesus will serve as the basis for today's sermon. Jesus said, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, expecting what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The Gospel of the Lord. young man was the youngest of a whole bunch of brothers. It was a whole herd of them. And much like when brothers get together, there's always some kind of rivalry. And in fact, in this family, there was an intense sibling rivalry. They were always trying to outdo one another. And, and in fact, the greatest prize for any one of these brothers was to catch their father's eye and to win his pride. Well, in that competition, the youngest brother won hands down. It wasn't even close. The youngest was dad's favorite son. And all the other brothers knew it. Well, this favoritism caused there to be quite a bit of jealousy among the brothers. In fact, that jealousy grew so intense that it grew into this hatred and so one day, the older brothers, all these other brothers, formed this great scheme that they carried out in which they drove their brother out of town and away from their family so he could never come back and he would have to go and live in some other city all by himself away from the family without his father's love. Well, things didn't get any young, easier for that younger brother. 
He found a job, but it wasn't long after he was in that job that his boss accused him of a crime he didn't commit. And he was thrown in the prison. And after the young man spent his time, did his time in prison, he got out and he started to rebuild his life again. This time he actually started to make a name for himself. And he rose up and actually ended up with a, a high government position. Well, many years later, a great disaster struck the older brothers and their family business. And the only way that they could get any kind of help was from a government program that was run by none other than their younger brother. So on the day of their greatest need, when there was no hope and it was really a matter of survival, they found themselves standing in an office looking across a desk the youngest brother that they had forsaken and left for dead. Can you just imagine the amount of hatred and anger and, and resentment that must have been building up in years in this younger brother for just years against his brothers? And here they are in front of him and he's the only one who can help them. Can't you just imagine him, you know, finally making them suffer as much as he, they made him suffer? Getting them back, ruining their lives as much as they ruined his? And we look at this with a, yeah, go for it, do it. And that's what the brothers expected too. They were terrified. They thought this is the end. Now he is going to get us. We are going to repay all the things that we have done in the past. This is karma catching up to us, right? Yet, in spite of all the pain and rejection that that young man faced because of his brother's betrayal, he did something unexpected. Joseph showed them mercy. Joseph forgave his brothers. Joseph welcomed them and, and Joseph helped them. Joseph loved them. Don't you hear that account, this account that we heard earlier from Genesis 45 and, and just think, man, God gave Joseph a heart of gold. I mean, who could have, have been so merciful and loving and forgiving and kind? I, I can't do that. Man, that's, that's unbelievable. There are people in my life that I just don't get along with. I, I don't know that I could do that. And yet in the gospel today, Jesus sets that very challenge and task in front of you. He says these words, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Really simply, be nice to those who are mean to you. Be unexpectedly merciful. Now, if that all sounds absolutely counterintuitive and against everything that is kind of in our being, I get it because I think in, our, in the very core of who we are, if somebody wrongs us, we naturally want to wrong them back. You, you see that even in little children. The little kid who has the toy stolen away from his hand and that child goes and he chases after the culprit and he ends up smacking him and taking the toy back, leaving mom to say, well, now, Johnny, we don't hit you see that in, in the way in which a good friend of yours says something rude about you and you retaliate by bad-mouthing them. When someone does something wrong to you, 
and you give them the silent treatment, going out of your way to avoid them. I want nothing to do with him. Or when a coworker doesn't share the same views as you do. And so you mistreat them. You're rude to them. You know, we live in a divisive society and world in which the mode of operation is if someone does something wrong to you, you get them back. You repay evil for evil. You hurt and you harm your enemy. And we see this in our society when there is more wrestling by parent spectators in the stands than there are by student athletes on a mat. Or when a political campaign is, ex- or mudslinging is the expected uh, strategy in a political campaign. Or when you see bullying taking place not just in a classroom or in a, on a playground, but brazenly splashed across social media for everyone to see. Or when people cuss one another out in public because they, another person doesn't share their ideology. This is the world. This is what the world says is acceptable. That this is the, the way you treat someone that you don't get along with it. And that's all okay. And the sad truth is, we get sucked into that too. And yet, in the midst of, of all of this, these, these natural thoughts that we have, that when someone wrongs us, we have to get back to them, back at them, Jesus slaps down something unexpected. A few verses earlier in the Gospel, from where we, we started our reading today in Luke 6, Jesus said these words, Blessed, and keep that word in mind, please. Blessed. Blessed are you when people hate you, when you exclude, they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Did you hear that? Jesus said, blessed are you when you are mistreated because of your faith. And then he continues in the Gospel for today and he, he says to you, you know that enemy that's in your life? Love them. That person who hates you, do something good for her. That, that one who is cursing you, bless them. And that person who mistreats you day after day after day, pray for him. And Jesus sums all of this up in, in what is widely known among us, and even in the world, even among unbelievers, he sums it up in what is considered the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, if you think about how that applies in your life, and maybe that's a good moral standard that you try to live by, think about how you carry that out. You know, it's, it's easy to do good to others who are nice to you, who you get along with, who you know is going to love you back. You can lend some money to someone that you know is going to repay you. But Jesus doesn't say that this golden rule only applies to those people you like. In fact, he sets the stage by saying, love your enemies. So do good to your enemies just as you would like them to do to you. And when we get real about looking at how we carry out this golden rule, I think we find that we have a golden failure. We fail because we we don't know what mercy really is. It's not natural to us. It's not expected. And Jesus doesn't lay out this command in front of you and me today and just let it stand all by itself and say, look, good luck and figure it out. He actually gives us the reason and the motivation for why we can be unexpectedly merciful. 
He says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So if we want to know how to be merciful, we need to look to our Heavenly Father. And look at how God is merciful to you. You know, if we have a God, as he says in Scripture, who demands perfection in order for us to have a relationship with him, we have to admit that we are less than perfect when it comes to any of our relationships in this world, and especially in our relationship with God. And look at what God does for us. He is unexpectedly merciful. And that is the way he has always been. We see that throughout the Bible. Beginning with Adam and Eve in the very beginning when they sinned and disobeyed God and tried to hide from Him. God didn't destroy them like He probably should have, but instead He sought them out and offered them a solution and a Savior who would come for them. And for God's chosen people of Israel, this special people who time and time and time and time again rebelled against God and turned from Him and complained and grumbled against God, He didn't say, okay, I'm done with you, next up. No, instead he said, I'm going to be faithful to you and the promise I've set before you. And he provided for them and cared for them and carried them on to the promised land. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, being crucified for crimes he did not commit, in his suffering he looked down at those below him, at those who hated him, who mocked him, who put him on that cross, and he cried out to his heavenly Father, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Unexpected mercy for the sinner. Mercy for the rebel. Mercy for the complainer. Mercy for the ignorant. Mercy for those that turn away. Mercy for those for those enemies. Mercy for you. Listen to these powerful words of the Lord that he shares with us. Actually, words that we sang together from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Do you want to know mercy? Look to the Lord. Look to the God who loves you so deeply that He will not abandon you or forsake you. To a God who has so much mercy for you that He would send His Son Jesus to be your Savior, to live and die for all of your sins. A God who looks at you and says, you are forgiven. A God who gives to you, without charge, the free and full gift of eternal life with Him. I don't know about you, but when I realize just how undeserving and unexpected God's mercy is for me. It changes my heart, my attitude, my life. No longer is my mode of operation one in which I want to get back at everybody and make everyone pay and be wicked and evil to those who are wicked and evil, even to me. But instead, I can begin to see 
how I can show love and kindness and patience with others because that's who God is for me. And when we show that kind of love, we reflect the beautiful relationship that we have with God. That we really are His dear children and He's our Heavenly Father. And when we begin to, to let go and, and leave all those who have wronged us in God's hands, allowing Him to take care of any kind of, of, of wrongdoing that they may have done, and us simply just a sheer mercy, we are set free to live at peace and joy and freedom. So just think about it. What if you really lived and put to practice the things that Jesus says here? I mean, what if you went up to that coworker who is rude to you and offered up a hug to them? Hey, what if you helped that nagging neighbor carry in his groceries or shoveled out his driveway? What if you invited that mean student in your class to come and to play with you at recess? What if that person that you've been holding on to a grudge for forever, you called up and said, hey, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee. I mean, what if you went out today and did something completely unexpected without looking for anything else in return? What if you simply held the door open for someone on your way out today? Or you went and you paid for somebody's coffee in the coffee shop? What if you, you got in touch with someone that you have just been holding on to their sin and you're not willing to forgive them? What if you called them up, you got in touch with them and said, you know what, I forgive you? What would happen if you showed unexpected mercy? You would show the love of God. You would show the beautiful relationship that you have as a dear child of your heavenly Father. As Jesus says, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Our Lord God is, is kind and gracious and merciful even to those that, that, that lash out against Him. Even to you and to me. And if we have a God who's so gracious and kind to us, can't we share that mercy with other people in our lives too? You know, talk about wanting to, to strive to, to earn our Father's eye or to, to attract Him and to earn His pride. God doesn't need us to do any of this, but when we reflect that we are His dear children, it brings no greater pride and joy to Him than when we show that same kind of mercy to other people. Passing on the love and forgiveness of Jesus to those in our lives. Now, I don't know that you have the same dramatic family dynamics that Joseph had. But I do know that you have challenging relationships in your life. And that there are people that you don't always get along with and that you have a hard time loving and being kind to. But I pray that you can set aside the, the vengeance, that you can set aside the wicked thoughts and, and actions that want to come out of your heart and realizing the love and mercy of God. Share that love and mercy with other people. Do something unexpected by this world and be merciful because you have a God who's merciful to you. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.